we are entering into Space Sector 2814, patrolled by Hal Jordan, who is here to protect us from alien threats and guide us to our next episode as we cover the Ryan Reynolds-led Green Lantern film. This is I'd Like a Refund. Welcome to the newest episode of the I'd Like a Refund podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan. Again, joining me this week, my good friend, Joel. Joel, how are we doing today? Uh, pretty good. I've been spending these last few hours trying to figure out how to get those two hours back that I spent watching this movie, um, but we'll get into that a little bit later. That's. I think that's probably the general premise of what we're doing here is to get into that later, so that's a good idea by you. And then, of course, we have Cameron joining us as well. Cameron, how are we doing? I am doing well. It was a busy, busy day for me today, but uh, two of those hours, as Joel said, were spent watching this terrible movie. So, yeah, bad day. I like that all three <laughs> all three of us were so not looking forward to watching this. We literally waited till the day we were recording to watch it. Yeah, was just <laughs> I kept like, putting oh, it off. It. <laughs> I was like, I will do literally anything else. Well, I, I mean, almost didn't watch it. I'm just kidding. I, I wouldn't <laughs> so we were all just like, yeah. So we're gonna talk about Green Lantern, and Ooh. no one watched it. Yeah, we're gonna. We were just gonna have. We were gonna trade going forward in the podcast. We could just do where one person does the episode and has to explain the whole thing to us right before we start. <laughs> that, that's That'll hilarious. Really well. We were like, what do you think? Yeah. And everyone just kind of nods. Yeah, like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, as we like to start out our episodes, we have Joel, of course, with his question of the week for us. Joel, what do you have for us this week? All right, so this episode, this episode, this movie uh, stars Ryan Reynolds, or as Cameron likes to refer to him, uh, Ryan Reynolds, singular. Yep, Ryan Reynolds. Um, okay. But as I'm sure we all know, he does own a small stake or a decent sized stake in aviation gin. So, boys, if you were to be partial owners of any type of drink, whether it be a, a liquor, a, maybe a beer, or some Kool Aid or something like that, I'm just curious, what kind of drink would you want to attach your name to? Uh, let's start with you, Cameron. Well, it's not really a contest. There's only one drink that I enjoy drinking more than any other drink, and that's Simply Lemonade. Simply Lemonade <laughs> is the is the greatest, the best beverage other than water. And I would even argue that it's better than water in some instances. So Simply Lemonade by Cameron Tennyson. So hashtag, you hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> so you so you your investment choice is to invest in water that has a powder mixture in it. Uh, excuse me. Simply lemonade is made from one hundred percent real lemons. It contains no juice. <laughs> it is just lemonade. Dude, it, you know it's funny is I forgot that the brand was called Simply Lemonade at first, and you were like, I would pick just Simply Lemonade. And I was <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought too. I thought the same thing. It's like he's just picking lemonade and saying it really weird. No, it's um, uh, Simply Lemonade is the best. I don't like the other Simply Juices. It's just Simply... Oh, Simply Orange is good. Okay, don't get me wrong. But Simply Lemonade, simply that's Simply the best. Do any of you guys know the name of Dwayne The Rock Johnson's tequila brand? Yeah, it's Terramana. Yeah, I can just go in on that with him. <laughs> with The Rock? Yeah, I feel like I would just be best served like as an ancillary piece on, on what The Rock is doing. Because The Rock's doing pretty well for himself, so... I would just. Uh, How do you I'd get just, into like, the sponsorship in. with The Rock? You're just like, oh, hey, by the way, Rock, I'm Ryan. How <laughs> hey, Rock? I'm Pebble. <laughs> I'm Pebble. Yeah. Uh, um, you don't want to go into Casamigos with Randy Gerber and George Clooney? 
I did think about the George Clooney one. I really did. It popped into my head, but then I remembered that uh, The Rock has his own tequila company. Um, so I'm just going to roll with him. I feel like that's a pretty good choice. Uh, what about you, Joel? What do you have for your answer? Uh, some kind of whiskey, probably. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's right. You're a whiskey boy. Yeah. A whiskey man. No. No, men drink lemonade. <laughs> Simply lemonade. Simply um, lemonade. Yeah, I don't really have a specific brand I'd go for. Maybe it's it'd be like my delicious. own brand. I can go into it with somebody, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan or something. But <laughs> I don't know. You get the rock and Cameron picked lemonade. So I don't know. I'm like, be the, like the new Do you rock know any connection. other celebrities that do lemonade? No. It's an untapped market. Wait, wait. You saying any other celebrities leads us to believe that you think you're a celebrity. <laughs> or, or that it, <laughs> that's well, true. It does. I, I am the resident bad boy. Oh, you're the bad boy of podcasting. That's right. It's true. We do know that. Well, Kermit the Frog had like a sponsorship with that tea company. That's pretty close. Lipton? Yeah, that one. We're going to start seeing camera <laughs> gifts where it's like, company. spill the yeah. lemonade, sis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're talking about Green Lantern today, Ryan. This was your choice, right? You bet. Okay, so so why why Green Lantern? Uh, When did you first see this? So I did not see this movie when it originally came out. It was 2011 summer, June seventeenth of 2011 was when Green Lantern first came out. Oh, I thought you knew the exact day you saw it. I was like, damn, dude. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm just I'm just that good. Um, it scarred me that much that I remember the day, time, what I was doing. No, but um, I didn't see it in theaters. I wasn't really a big comic fan as much as I am now. Because um, this was right when I was in college, and I guess I'll date myself now in this episode. Um, but I was in college, and I hadn't hadn't really gone into the superhero genre. It was really when things were really just kicking off. All we had was like the Christopher Nolan Batman movie. Did you just say you were in college and when this movie came out? I was, yeah. I don't even think I was in high school. All right. Well, that's <laughs> okay. fun. That's cool. Um, everybody knows you're the young one. I got past that last week. Um, yeah, but I had friends when I went back. This was during that summer. I went back that next year, um, and then I had some friends that had seen it, and they told me it was awful. So we watched it uh, in the fraternity house that I was living in at the time. We watched the movie, and it was just god-awful. Just an awful experience. Um Hal Jordan as a character is a character that I really like in DC Comics. He's probably my favorite character. I'm not going to be one of those guys that just says Batman's my favorite because he's angry all the time. Hey, I like Batman because he's rich. No, uh, he is. Uh, that's fair. He is rich. Um, I don't like superheroes. Uh, we know. Yep. The whole audience is going to know <laughs> in, due t- in due time. They're all going to know. Um, it Unless just, it's it was- Spider-Man. Oh, everybody likes Spider-Man. Yeah. You just like um, Spider-Man because Zendaya's in the new movies. Uh, Well, I mean, that So, that Ryan, helps. anyway, Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps are, like, probably my favorite comic run now that I've uh, kind of versed myself in their stories, especially the Jeff Johns run. Uh, he did a phenomenal job with that. But I just didn't really start reading that until a couple years after the movie came out because I was so turned off by from this movie by that character that I just had no interest in knowing anything else about him. And again, like I said, this is when the Dark Knight trilogy was going on. We were getting close to Man of Steel coming out about two years later, and this was the early stages of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We were in Phase 1, so there was so much other superhero content that we could watch that Green Lantern was like, it happened, we moved on, and we're not going to talk about it anymore. So 
yeah, the the film experience for me back then wasn't very good. But going into picking this episode, I was kind of looking forward to watching it again just to see if it was as bad as I remembered it being. The answer is yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was just as bad as I remembered it being. Um, but you guys, uh, you know, joining me along to watch this one. What did you guys think of Green Lantern this time watching it? This was the first time I've seen the whole thing. Um, I've seen bits and pieces kind of throughout the years. I remember when it came out, not necessarily avoiding it, but as kind of following the production a little bit, you know, seeing like, oh, they're they're doing this and they're making this choice and that choice. Um, I was kind of like, I don't know if I really am going to care for this that much. Uh, so I never saw the whole thing. And today watching it, this is going to be a very strong comment but this may have just been the worst movie I've ever watched in my entire oh, yeah. life. All right. Um, really? Which is, which is strong for me uh, to say. Um, I really didn't like this. Uh, so, But we'll, we'll talk about that as we go along. That's crazy. This is a movie that Joel actively – would you say hates? Uh, I don't know if I would say hate because I'm sure at the end of the day I could find some reason to <laughs> take something from this. Uh, but I really didn't like it, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, that Cameron. Yeah, no this uh this movie was bad. It was yeah. Very bad. <laughs> All um, right, three for three. I love it. No this this movie was very bad, and it, it was like it was one of those movies where I was just kind of like confused, not because that like the storyline was complex or whatever, but just because I was like what why why is this happening <laughs> why is why is he doing and like i mean there was a lot that was wrong with this like this movie one the movie was two hours long and it felt like why is this movie two hours long like um it felt for some reason so much of it focused on uh hal jordan and what's what's blake lively's character's name carol ferris Ferris. it it was like so much about their relationship like it was like so much like oh this is a love story between but why why (laughs) it was a very that that ryan reynolds gift but why Yeah. yeah it was i was just like i don't know another superhero movie that is so much about like so much a romance movie almost the first spider-man film with toby mcguire but that was good but but well that's the thing is that that those movies have balance this movie had no bad i mean there was so much wrong with this movie and obviously we're going to talk about it but it's just like i okay and i don't know if this was me if like if it was on the screen i was watching is there something just completely wrong with the um with the color correction in this movie there well uh, the the colors one thing but it was super contrasty like okay you just yeah lost yeah the shadows in like every shot anything that there was like the very contrasty shadows like when they were outside or whatever it was one thing but like, especially anytime they were inside a building it was like you can only see half the characters faces because of how contrasty it was yeah i was i was that's what i was thinking too i was like what is up with okay so it wasn't just me it was the movie itself yeah yeah so we have the three of us here not liking this movie. You know who else didn't like this movie? Anyone critics. else? The critics <laughs> yeah, didn't like this movie. Literally everyone. The critics gave this on Rotten Tomatoes a 26%, which honestly <laughs> seems a little generous in my opinion. Um, the audience, not as critical, but still not big a fan, sitting at 45% with us here. So That clearly- means almost one out of every two people watched that movie that we did today and thought, yeah, it was all right. It's true. No, that's... It's What's a, wrong with people? So, <laughs> I mean, people do have their issues. And uh, 
I mean, with the with the audience thinking that this movie wasn't really very good, it certainly showed in the box office results as well. Opening weekend, it got almost a $54 million opening weekend on a budget of $200 million. <laughs> so 53 million opening weekends, really not too bad, even in today's age. I was going to say, that's, 10 years ago. Yeah. you know, 2011, that's not terrible. Yeah. Well, what's terrible is that when your final domestic box office gross is only 116 million. So What? Was it really? Yes, it was. And then the final gross, including uh, the foreign uh, box office, sat at just just under 220 million dollars that's terrible i guess the net profit you would say is just a little under 20 million but that of course doesn't into doesn't factor into many other costs that would come into that yeah so this movie was just an outright failure for warner brothers um, but the, well, and Greg Berlanti was still allowed to create whatever the hell he wanted after that movie. Then they, then they sent him to TV. Yeah, so we're gonna give you 500 television series, make yeah, them all seriously. look like this, yeah, and they all do. Terrible. Yeah, well, that was the thing I noticed while watching it. I was like, this literally looks like it belongs on the CW. On a movie, it's a CW movie. It does kind of have that vibe of just minimal effort put into it in many different elements. Which is kind of sad because the acting talent that they got for this film is actually at a pretty high number. Yeah, they had a pretty um, solid cast. Yeah, like obviously Ryan Reynolds at that time wasn't the draw that he is now. I would Mm -hmm. say Deadpool was the film that really brought him from a guy that everyone likes when he shows up in a film to like a box office draw. Um, And we see that with some of his other roles that he's gone into post Deadpool as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you look at the rest of the cast, uh, Blake Lively. Um, she's kind of taken off as well. I think this was, was this during the run? I don't, I don't know if any of us have seen this show. Was this during the run of gossip girl? I don't actually know the answer to this. I think gossip girl, gossip was, girl was, probably, was before this. Yeah. yeah I think it okay. was probably ending around this time. Okay. Uh, so that I was don't her know tri- the history of Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. Did they, Pretty were sure they, they met on this? Okay. I think that's, that's what true, happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, we're not going to, that's as much tea as we're going to spill on that. Uh, yeah, that we aspect. won't dive into that. Uh, yeah, um, no drama. No, we don't know that because we spill just don't Spill the lemonade, know. sis. Spill, spill the, simply, <laughs> the, the, the Simply Lemonade, the if simply you will. Brought to you by. With 100% lemons. But with this cast, it's really a lot of people that now are, it's like some people that were just coming up back then who have now ascended a little bit more, like a Peter <laughs> Sarsgaard. A Taika Waititi. Oh, yeah. I noticed. I was like, what the hell is Taika doing in yeah. this movie? And then it's also like some well-established names. Tim Robbins, Angela Bassett, and then, with some of, and then uh, of course, Mark Strong playing the Sinestro character, who's a major character in the Green Lantern lore. Um, but then uh, some of the voice acting characters. We have Tamura Morrison playing Alvin Sir, Clancy Brown as Parallax, Jeffrey Rush as Tomar Ray, and Michael Clark Duncan, of course, as Kilowog. Mm-hmm. The acting talent is there for this film, which is also probably where a lot of the budget went into because it certainly didn't go into the computer graphics, but we're certainly going to talk about the CGI in this film as well. But before we get into the full discussion of the film, we want to give you a little bit of a summary, tell you a little bit about what happens in the Green Lantern film. So here we go with our summary. Green Lantern tells the story of hotshot test pilot Hal Jordan as he is given the mysterious ring of the dying Abin Sir to make him the newest member of the Green Lantern Corps, an intergalactic space police force. Sir's body is taken by the government and is examined by biologist Hector Hammond, who becomes infected by the remnants of Parallax, the cosmic being that slayed Abin Sir. 
Hector begins to emit new abilities and realizes he finally has the power he's always wanted. Meanwhile, Hal is taken to the Green Lantern homeworld of Oa, where he begins his training from the leader of the Corps, Sinestro. But Hal gives up due to his fear. On his return to Earth, Hal is forced to use his abilities to save the woman he loves, Carol Ferris, from an attack created by Hector. This eventually leads to a battle between Hal and Hector, during which Parallax arrives to threaten Coast City. But Hal is able to trick Parallax and send him into the sun, killing him and saving everyone. Hal then embraces his role as a Green Lantern and heads off to protect the galaxy. So that gives you a little bit of a brief introduction into the Green Lantern film, but we're going to dive in here a little more, starting off, of course, with one of my favorite tropes in all of film that Green Lantern starts off with, and that is the voiceover that explains everything that we're not going to show you in the film. So we have our VO right at the beginning that tells like a little bit of the history of the Green Lantern Corps. What do we feel about that trope that a lot of films tend to do where they explain things to you as the film is getting started as opposed to showing you things that happen? Joel, what do you think about that? With this one, at least, and this is actually kind of maybe one positive I'll say about it, is I'm glad it did that because I'm, I'm not a huge comic book person. I like, mm -hmm. you know, my comic book characters and especially the comic book movies. Uh, but going into this movie, I had no clue what his powers were, where right. they came from, why he has them. So I think that little prologue in this one definitely kind of helped me understand this world a bit more before we got into it. Um, so I was okay with it. It wasn't anything that I was like, oh, again, you know, I, I think yeah. with in this situation, it's a story that we really haven't been told too many times. You know, it's not like we need to see like, oh, and then his parents died outside of a theater. Like we know that story for Batman, you know, but for like, Green Lantern, people needed to hear that. They give you some of the key details that are going to come into play later in the film, which is that the Green Lantern Corps intergalactic peacekeepers, it's that um, the green sim, uh, the green element of the lantern is based off of willpower. Mm -hmm. um, the people that are selected to be Green Lanterns are people that are chosen without fear, um, and that there are 3,600 different sectors in the galaxy that the Green Lantern Corps police. The one that we are focusing on for our main character of Hal Jordan, he is just covering one of those sectors. So that means there's 3,600 different Green Lanterns in the world. Um, none of that is things that I think had to be shown at the start of the film. Cameron, would you agree with that? I mean, I would, Joel. I had no clue about any of this stuff, so I was kind of like, cool, that's interesting. Wait, can I get clarification on, on what you're saying there, Ryan? Are you saying you don't think they needed to intro all that stuff, or you're are you saying they literally didn't need to show it? So like what they did was fine. Yeah, no, I'm saying that. Oh, it's a, oh, it's a, oh, okay. It, Sorry, it's I misunderstood. A, it's, it's a trope that typically people don't like, but I think with this one, it kind of told us things that. Yeah, I hate are, voiceover. That, it's things that are going to be explained later on in the film because they say these couple of things throughout, but I think they kind of were on the right track with this one where they were saying, like, here's a couple details about the Green Lanterns. Why do you need to know them? Because the entire movie is based on the Green Lanterns. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I think I think it makes sense. I did think that the voiceover maybe lagged a little too long. Um, mm -hmm. And then it finally leads us because it also tells us about how Ab and Sir, who we only meet for a little bit in this film, that's Tamara Morrison's character, was the one to first defeat Parallax, who's the main villain. Um, 
and it only it doesn't really show any of that which is maybe what they could have shown um during this voiceover part i don't think it's a big deal that they didn't i just think that when you now end the voiceover and we go into the part where parallax f is freed from his prison and attacks Abinsur, that it kind of just kind of just sets the tone a little bit for the film and then really gets us into things it doesn't really do anything important i would say for sure other, other than just give us some details um but i don't know if necessarily the details that they're details like somebody like me liked hearing because i'm a fan of the green lantern ip but there are details uh that you guys maybe who aren't as big of fans didn't need that part and then maybe it could have just started with parallax attacking Abin sir like he does, and then later on when Sinestro's talking to the core or something like that, they tell you the story of Parallax. They could have just done it then as well. So maybe it wasn't necessary, but um, it's not that big of a deal either way. Um, so we have that attack, like I mentioned, on Abin Sir, and that's when we cut next to our introduction of Hal Jordan. I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about Ryan Reynolds' portrayal of Hal Jordan. What did you guys think of his character in this film? Cameron, why don't you go first there? Well, okay, so I, like, like, so Ryan, I don't, and you, you know, I don't know Hal Jordan's character from the comics, or yeah, I don't course. know if he's supposed to be this super, all I knew is, like, literally with the first line that Ryan Reynolds said, I'm like, all right, it's Ryan Reynolds, you know, it's Deadpool, it's, you know, it's every character that he's ever done, and it's like, and I know that that's Ryan Reynolds' thing, um, but, like, it, like I don't know is like is is he portraying Hal Jordan the way Hal Jordan's supposed to be portrayed? Hal Jordan is kind of portrayed as like a cocky, he's a cocky guy, which Ryan does do in this film. Um, but he's also a severely flawed character, which I think they touch on with this character, but never really show it. Um, yeah, I feel that it, they when they talk about like his failures. And like showing that he's flawed, it's more him like, oh, I messed up. Oh, yeah. like when he's talking about Blake, like with Blake Lively about like their relationship and how he messed it up. It's not like, oh, what did he do to mess it up, or why? It was just like, oh, I messed it up. I did this, and so yeah, I think like when they were talking about the flaws or like the flawed point of view, it was really just like, I am flawed rather than actually showing how so. Yeah, because Hal is depicted as to being the best of the Green Lantern Corps because of his ability to overcome his fears and uh, tackle them head on as opposed to letting his fear consume him or just ignoring it outright. And they kind of touch on that again with his character in this, but they don't they just don't really show it. He just comes across as brash and cocky. Um, yeah. He's he's very like Cameron said he's very he's just Ryan Reynolds. Like that's yeah. what it felt like the whole movie was like he wasn't really playing a character, you know, um, he, a little bit of the cockiness shines through and, you know, a little bit of the recklessness, you know, that it almost feels kind of like top gunish, you know, it's, it's, he's in a fighter jet and everything like that. Like literally yeah. the whole, like first, you know, maybe third of the movie where we're kind of seeing that part of his life feels very, you know, top gunish because it's like, Oh, he's this reckless fighter pilot. Who's always going to do whatever he has to in the end of the day to win. So it's like we get that kind of like rashness from him through that. But like the things that you're telling me, like, oh, he's supposed to be the best of them and like this and that. And it's like, yeah, they didn't really show any of that other than at the end. You know, they kind of like rush it together at the end a little bit. 
Well, he's not supposed to be the best of them right when he joins. So that that's not what I was kind of getting at. It's just mm-hmm. that like once they see what he's able to do, like when he lets his humanity be, he embraces it as opposed to um, kind of pushing it off. That's when they're like, oh, he can be the leader that the Green Lantern Corps needs. Then again, you can't really show that in the introductory film. That's hard to do. Um, but I think the thing that they just really missed the boat on with him is just they just made him they made him just like super quippy and kind of a jerk. Yeah, really. it, yeah. that was what I was like, is is Hal Jordan supposed to be this quippy kind of like, you know? Well, I mean, guy? we're so we're so used to quippy <laughs> superheroes now. Now, back then, maybe not as much. But now, you know, we have. We have Iron Man is super quippy. Oh, they turned everyone quippy. Star, yeah. Star, Star Lord is quippy. Ant Man is quippy. The Flash is quippy. Well, that's Spider Man. Like, well, that's part I, of the reason like a, why I didn't like Thor Ragnarok, and I know a lot of people really liked that movie. It was because it was like, I don't like how they turned Thor into this like kind of bro character. Like they're turning everyone into like this very like kind of funny, comedic kind of character. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. There's yeah, just I no. Think, go ahead, Joel. No, I, I, his demeanor with no matter who it was was just very like oh like like when he's talking to his nephew at his birthday party <laughs> yeah. and he's like hey you're missing the world's worst eleventh birthday party and it's like do, is an eleven year old gonna understand that that's humor or like like I know he's like sad because he thought you could have died yeah the kid's like God, you suck yeah it's yeah like, it was just kind of odd you know that he was Are you and talking- then he has like that little heartfelt moment but it was like if he just skipped straight to that I think that would have shown more character for him than him walking dude you're missing the the world's worst 11 year old birthday party where the dancing girls and i was like what yeah i just think it was dancing girls what the hell i just think it was really great that they showed that scene of him being around his brother and his nephew because it really plays in when we see those characters oh yeah the The whole brother scene was like he gets in there and they're like oh yeah you want to die like dad it was like what the (laughs) heck (laughs) What, what who talks like this we we should talk about what that is referring to um because when we first do meet hal he's racing to get to the ferris air base because they're doing a test run um on these new like drone planes to try and see if they can shoot down uh shoot down like the best pilots they have and the two best pilots they have happen to be hal and carol ferris who is the daughter of the owner of ferris air so what so their relationship starts off kind of rocky with that because like she's pretty pissed at him for being late and she doesn't think he's the right man for this job but Hal knows that he's the best pilot that they have so they go up in the air together um in order to take out these drones and that brashness and cockiness that we're talking about with him really shows there because he basically just sacrifices her in order to try and take out the drones himself that's what you guys kind of saw with him as well it's just like he just didn't really have yeah. to care about about her during that exercise, he was just trying to show off. Um, and then what happens during that is Hal realizes that the drones, he can't shake them. He can't, sh- he can't shoot them down. The only thing that he can do is go up. So he flies the plane up into space, towards space, waits for essentially the drones to malfunction, and then, they go- and then they're dead, dead in the air. But his plane goes down as well, and he, uh, he believes that he can pull it up and the the team uh the crew that's like kind of coaching him through it which includes taika's character um telling him that he knows the maneuvers he can save it but he gets freaked out and pulls the uh ejection and parachutes out 
and he freaks out because of the flashback scene. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the flashback scenes. It's a major component to Hal Jordan's character. Joel, why don't you tell us a little bit about that flashback scene and what we saw? Well, we see him, you know, at the, the, the it's like an air show-ish type thing. His dad's going to be a test pilot for another new type of aircraft. Very similar situation. Uh, his dad hands him his jacket. He's like, hey, keep it warm for me, son. And then his dad flies off. <laughs> the plane starts malfunctioning, crashes, and there's like a little bit of fire. And <laughs> he's running over to see his dad. And his dad gets out of the plane, and we're like, oh, cool. And then, boom. Doesn't like, he give him like a thumbs up? He's yeah, like, he almost, just yeah. blows up. Like, I was like, this is brutal. Like, you just yep. see his dad completely just blow up with his plane. And I was kind of like, wow, that was, that was pretty harsh. Not like I wasn't expecting that, you know, or at least not seeing it. I thought maybe we'd see, you know, the glow of the fire on, on Hal's face or something, but to actually just watch the plane blow up and engulf his dad in flames was kind of intense. Yeah. I think, um, I that's, think that's the moment I knew we were in for an Oscar worthy movie. <laughs> I mean, somebody that explosion named was probably the best visual effects in the whole movie. Oh, well, I don't it. think so. I think the explosion still looked like sh- bad, but it's an explosion that like just, kind of doesn't make sense because like there's an engine fire yeah i totally get yeah. that but then all of a sudden it's just it's almost like it got shot by a rocket launcher how big the explosion is okay it was well like, it, like combusted or something maybe it like, did we don't know maybe it's a conspiracy but that's kind of why when talking about like the relationships that hal has with people whether it's with his brother which by the way did you guys know that like the, did they did you guys know that that was like his family that he was going to see until like did you knew that that was his brother or that his nephew because they don't they don't really tell you I didn't se. know I didn't uh, know that until he said something to his nephew about him mm-hmm. being his nephew right. I was I was a little confused I was like this guy's just like you're gonna go kill yourself like your dad like dad <laughs> yeah haha. <laughs> He yeah because no. yeah, he, he walks into the bedroom and he's like hey Uncle Hal's here or something yeah. like that and it's like okay now I get it oh yeah, you know? that's his uh, yeah yeah but you no know, are they both his brothers I think it was I think it was the two brothers one of the brothers is much more prominent to the character um and the nephew's a, a that's the only well, scene in the entire movie they're in right that I was saying that earlier is that like you know it's really good that we had this scene in there because when we call back to the brother and the nephew it's gonna really pay off. Except we Except don't. We don't. We never see them again. Yeah, that's. Yeah, no. Because I didn't realize that. And you have like the one brother storming off, and his wife's like walking him away, and then the other brother's like, "Hey, how are you? How are you doing, bud?" Like, yeah. Like, the, like he just had a traumatic experience and almost died in the plane crash, and all we get from his siblings is like, "You know, you're a jerk for almost killing yourself. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you anymore." And then we never see them again. So it's like. Yeah, I, I do think that's interesting how th- the news is like, oh, like he could have died. Like, I think that's interesting because the news was like, oh, my God, he could have died and we don't know if he's OK. And then they see him and like their first thought is, oh, you f- jackass. You no, know, they, the news says that he's OK. The news like she said something like like, oh, Hal Jordan is uh, is said to be in, in good condition. And yeah, they said they okay. didn't have official word. Yeah, though. they're like, well, we don't have official word. And then he walks into the house and they aren't even like excited to see him. They just kind of look at him like begrudgingly. Yeah, like, yeah. they're just mad at him. Yeah. It's like, like, what the hell? Like it, it does. It's just like it's weird when it comes to like the personal relationship aspect, because like obviously they want like they want to convey that they're happy that he's OK, of course. But all they show is that they're just mad at him. They mm-hmm. don't really actually show that, like, 
You know, they don't embrace him like, oh, thank God you're okay. It's just like, wh- how could you do that? Like, why it, why would you do that? It's like, and then it's the, like, like the line to, you said. It, like the, in uh, The Dark Knight when Commissioner Gordon fakes his death and then he shows back up with his wife and she like slaps him and then embraces him. It's like yeah. they were trying to go for that, but instead she just slapped him and walked away. Like, yeah. And then, they're, get, like, and, then they're, and then they're divorced in the third <laughs> yeah. one. It's, it's like, wow, okay, that didn't go well. Yeah, it's, it, it's like we didn't get the heartwarming part of that relationship. We just got the like, yeah. oh, you want to kill yourself like dad? And then yeah. walk away. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was it. Um, so we see all this stuff with um, with this family. And then we mentioned with Carol, uh, Hal goes into the Ferris Air offices as well. And the stunt that he pulled cost them, potentially cost them the major contract that they were trying to get in order to basically make a ton of funding on the company. So the they don't get the contract, and a ton of people have to get laid off. And uh, Carl Ferris, who's the owner, who's Carol's dad, uh, was going to fire Hal first, but Carol steps in and instead just suspends him, or in the pilot terms, she grounds him. So he's not able to fly anymore. But tons of other people lose their jobs because of what Hal did. So again, right away, we're probably, probably about 20, 25 minutes into the film at that point. Not any redeemable qualities from Hal Jordan have yet to be shown at this point in the film. Can I touch on a tech thing about that scene that you're just talking about? Sure. That was, uh, I mean, okay, we're going to, we keep touching on it. Like the CGI in this was not good. And we'll, we'll get to that even deeper as we go further into some of the other shots. But that scene was so jarring to me because like the compositing was so bad. Like any of the scenes where they were in that little office that was inside like the, the tower were yeah. just terrible because anything outside that window just looked completely <laughs> fake. My biggest thing with like all of the, the CG and, and compositing in this movie was that none of it looked done. It's like any time that we were seeing anything that was done in post, it just didn't look like it was finished. And that mm-hmm. first scene there in the office was the one that really kind of set the tone for me. Like, oh, they used the same background like. artists in um, uh, The Greatest Showman. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's just like a, it's like a painting, you know. But but yeah. Um, so we have all this going on with Hal. Meanwhile, Abin Sir just crash lands on Earth, um, and he sends the ring out to go find a worthy replacement. Cause that's what happens when a green lantern Corps member dies. The ring then is transferred to the next host essentially. Um, and it's per each sector that they're protecting. So, uh, Abin sir has no say whatsoever in who the ring goes to Wh- whoever the ring chooses. That's just, that's who the next green lantern is going to be. Cameron, do you have something you wanted to say? In regards yeah. To that? that, that part was so funny to me. Like I literally laughed how he just like, he just walks out to his car and then he just like all of a sudden I, I I don't know and I just thought it was funny and like I don't think that there's anything wrong with like necessarily the movie or like plot or whatever I just thought that was funny he walks out to his car and all of a sudden he just like randomly disappears I thought well, that was the, funny my mindset with that is I always think about like the stuff we're not seeing like he he ends up over there and it's because when he's walking to his car it's like dusk and yeah. then, or, or yeah, and then yeah. he gets he gets over there to the spaceship, and it's like nighttime. And by the time Taika picks him up, it's like, what is his family like? Oh, why is his car still out front? <laughs> and like not knowing where he's at, or like, damn, Hal crashing another plane. <laughs> <laughs> they see Hal get abducted by this green orb, and they're just like, oh, there he goes again. <laughs> you want to get abducted like Dad did? <laughs> 
that was something that I do think was kind of interesting about this. I don't know the lore of Green Lanterns. I mean, obviously they try to hide their identity, but everything was just kind of out in the public for everyone to see yeah. the entire time. That's like when they're at. That's like when they're at the party and the girl just has her phone out recording him. And yeah, like, they're not hiding yeah. at all. Yeah, no, and then you know the it's like if I'm sure people could have seen him in that orb. Right. I'm sure they could have seen that. And then like he calls Taika over and he's like, hey, there's this alien spaceship. And then the you know, and then the uh, military comes in and takes up the alien and they call in some random community college scientists. Now, I know he was related to the senator or whatever, but still he was he worked at a community college and they have him doing this research on a alien. Like, come on. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It, I mean, we do find out why that was the case is because um because Tim Robinson's Tim Robbins character, not Tim Robinson, that would be a very different movie <laughs> if we did that. Um, um, but the Tim Robbins character, who's like the state senator, is the father of Hector Hammond. Yeah, but the... s- but still, I mean, he's a community college professor. No, I'm not I mean, talking down to community college professors, but you think the military would have like their scientists who like gone through all of this training and all of this like security protocol, and then like. I had a friend who went into the military and I had to sit down with a CIA agent and they had to ask me if he smoked pot. Okay. Th- that's just to go into the military. This guy's talking, like hanging out with aliens and they're like, Oh, Hey, probably shouldn't tell people about this. He's like, all right. And like, that's their whole security protocol. Like, come on, man. <laughs> I want to touch on Hammond a little bit here. Hector Hammond. Cause he is a, I guess you would call him our main villain of the film. Um, <laughs> I guess. I, I guess. Um, yeah. But before we do, was there's he? One, oh, yeah, that was, that was there's one thing. funny thing I wanted to point out about the space crash uh, when uh, Hal is brought to Avinsur and Avinsur tells him, like, you know, take the ring. The ring chose you. You are to be the next Green Lantern protector of this sector. We cut and we see that um, the lantern, like the actual lantern, is in the spaceship. I. As soon as I saw that, I thought to myself, like, how did Hal know to take the lantern out of the spaceship and take yeah. it with him? Yeah, he's just like, I gotta jack the parts yeah. from the ship. Like, like, well, I, well, I, no, like, doesn't he? Doesn't he say something? Doesn't Abinser say something like, "Place the ring on the lantern"? I I couldn't even tell like what he was saying to him. It was like the it was like mumbling the it was whole like a time. Christopher Nolan movie for a second. It was like, <laughs> just can't hear anything. Yeah. What are you saying about my boy? <laughs> hey, you know I'm a fanboy too. That's my boy. <laughs> but uh, as we get into Hector Hammond a little bit, um, like Cameron said, he you know he's just a community college biologist. He's coming in um, to inspect the the body of Avinsur, who gets abducted by the government after uh, after Hal leaves uh, with the lantern and the ring. Um, this is where Hammond gets infected. So Parallax, as we mentioned, attacked Avinsur's ship. Um, and when he attacked Sir, he in the wound there was like almost like a part of Parallax inside of him, and that part also attaches itself to uh, Hammond. It's almost like how like the symbiote for Venom, mm-hmm. like when it attaches onto you, it like takes you over. This one's just a more gradual taking over that we see throughout the film. Wait, okay, I'm just thinking about this right now. I don't know too much about how the government functions, but. In, neither, neither do they. Okay. <laughs> but in what world is a state senator in charge of dealing with alien life forms? Why would they have a state senator? 
wouldn't that be something that the executive office is, in the Pentagon would deal with, not a state senator? This isn't a real place. This is Circuit City. It's Coast City. Oh, Coast, Coast City. <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking about this right now. Why the hell would a state senator be in charge of alien life forms? That seems something that's way above his pay grade. Okay, anyhow. <laughs> and scene. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I, that circuit, circuit City would be a very, again, a very different film. Is, the whole that's film where takes... the Flash is from, right? No, <laughs> no, the Flash is from. Uh, um, no, Center, Center, no, Central City. Se- oh, yeah. yeah. What, okay, whatever. Yeah, he's from Central City. <laughs> Just move on. <laughs> um, so now Hal has the lantern. He has the ring. Um, now Parallax has infected Hector Hammond. The other like third plot that's going on now is with the green lantern Corps themselves this is where we see sinestro he learns about uh about obster's death and learns about parallax coming and attacking the lanterns he's pushing for the guardians to allow him to take an attack force to parallax to stop him from coming to oa because that's his plan is to come to oa the home planet of the green lanterns because uh what we learn from the guardians is that parallax is actually a fallen guardian see when uh when the willpower was used to forge the green lantern there were other powers that were available to forge separate lantern cores uh one of them is the yellow which is fear and one of the uh one of the uh guardians wanted to try and see if he could control the power of fear in order for the guardians to use it going forward Instead, he gets corrupted, and that's what turns him into parallax. I know, like, wow. I know I'm speaking. I know I'm speaking like basically like a foreign language to you guys at this point. But um, that's what happens. That's how we get parallax, uh, the form of parallax we have in this film. Is Sinestro um, a good guy or a bad guy in the comics? Well, we actually, that's something that I want to touch on a little later. Be, be okay. based on a scene that happens, but I did want to touch on that. Okay. Um, he's a major character for the Green Lantern character. Gotcha. Um, so we see that that's going on. Oh, so we kind of have our three separate subplots going on at this time, and they'll eventually start to intertwine. Um, but all we get next is where things kind of. Th- I feel like I feel like we don't really have things take off for the film until this next beat happens. And that's when Hal first uses the ring uh, for the powers. What happens is Carol comes to visit him to make sure he's okay. Um, after, uh, after the, after the plane accident, because she knows that he could have handled that maneuver as well. And something was wrong with him. They go get a drink at a bar. They start talking, they start dancing together. And when Carol starts to question Hal about that, uh, he gets defensive and he goes, uh, out to his car to leave that's where um that's where some of the former ferris air employees who again got fired because uh of how stunt they come in and kind of rough him up they mug him a little bit and Hal, in his defense goes to like i think he was like throwing like some nails or whatever from a pickup truck he goes to throw them and instead a giant green fist <laughs> comes up and just knocks them all over the place and tell me why at that moment i was like oh his powers are giant fists and i was completely okay with it like i was <laughs> just like okay like he just has huge fists <laughs> like, <laughs> well if you don't understand the the like what the powers of the ring can do what we see later on in the film is very confusing. It is. That's true. Yeah, I guess I never thought about that. Well, and he... they, at that point with the fist, they hadn't explained it yet. 
And so I was just like, oh, okay. Like he just has big fists now. Like he has these like, <laughs> like superhuman fists, you know? And I was like, I was okay with that. And then like you said, later on, we kind of get to see more of it. And like, yeah, if they didn't explain it, I would have been very confused. Right. Cause what we do next is next we go to Oa. And this is the, this is arguably the only scene of the movie that I enjoy is when he really, gets you to like o- Oa. I do like Oa. Yeah. Oa is the only thing that I I don't like how it looks. <laughs> yeah. I think the I think the the CGI is awful. Um the costume is awful. Um, that's also CGI? Yeah, the CGI costume is terrible. The mask is the so mask, bad. That's the worst CGI? part. Oh yeah, the, my god. It looks terrible. I just don't understand what caused them to think that that was a good idea because we've had we've had superhero movies before we've had plenty of movies that have these wild and ridiculous costumes and make them look somewhat adaptable to the mm-hmm. real world so why did they not just do that with this one it's a very simple costume it's yeah a green it's like a green jumpsuit and a green face mask well yeah it's like so earlier I kind of touched on like, oh, I had heard things that they were doing that made me think I didn't want to see this. And that was one of the big ones was I had heard like, oh, he's not actually going to be wearing this suit. Uh, the suit and the mask are all going to be done in post-production. I was like, that can't possibly look good. Thank you know, you. and the only reason I can think for the the mask, there's there's no reason I could think why they wouldn't just have him wear an actual mask. That made zero sense. Right. The suit, the only thing I can think that they possibly would have had in their mind is how like, you know, like it like uh, it glows a little bit. And, like there's a lines and like certain things we can kind of see almost like the power like flowing through him essentially i guess it is like maybe they're like oh this would be easy if we just did this whole suit in post as opposed to like just the power flowing through him but that doesn't make sense like i would have much rather seen an actual physical suit and then you can add that stuff later on in post. well and you can make cgi suits look like real suits right that's what they did in avengers, in avengers now, yeah granted that movie did come out you know like eight years later so you know technology but like you can still have cgi suits and not look terrible i don't i just think that that whole and his like transformation scene thing too over there was like really weird where he like gets the suit for the first time uh, it, there was a lot going on there and it was just very uncomfortable i mean everything with the costume is just i think it's honestly inexcusable what they did with that um because we're only two years away from the henry cavill superman costume which it looks great like that it costume it looks yeah, really good. That costume's fantastic. And we're past the Christian Bale Batman costume, which looks great. Like I like it's even I even the Iron Man costume, the Thor costume, the Captain America costume, those are all coming out around this time and they make them work. I know they changed them a little bit to make them look a little more realistic, realistic. but they could have done the same thing with uh with Hal Jordan's costume and like they have all like the waves of energy going through it that's not a normal part of the costume they added that for this film mm-hmm. so it just it just they it trying just to change so the lore and the canon for this no movie? no not really not too much okay. um just the costume itself just looks and it wasn't just, even really they were they were just trying to enhance it right like like oh this this is something that would look good on screen that we can't do in the comic book like let's yeah. try and add this in yeah, no, I, I think that's exactly what they were doing. But the costume is only the one element of the computer graphics that just looks atrocious. Mm-hmm. Cameron, what do you think about the the CGI in this film? Oh, I mean, it is. Um, like I said, it's it's. It, it, have you seen? I'm sure you've seen scenes of Supergirl, right? 
and like just how terrible the CGI is in the, Supergirl. The C the CW Supergirl. <clears throat> yeah, the CW Supergirl. Yeah. Um, that this movie looks like that. I mean, it's not that bad, but it's Dude, like it's right there. It is right there. You said it earlier. It it looks like a CW show, and I know you know we talked about Greg Berlanti was producing it, but it's like this isn't the budget of a television series. This is a budget of a, you know, what was supposed to be essentially a, a blockbuster hit for DC comics. And it didn't look like that at all. I kind of said earlier, yeah, they spent $200 million on making this movie look terrible. Right. And like Ryan said, maybe they, maybe they, you know, get rid of some of the cast and, and recast some of the roles to put more money into the post because it looked atrocious. The guardians, I couldn't oh. take them seriously. Every time I saw the Guardians, I wanted to laugh because they looked like the little like men in black oh, alien. Yeah. You know, you know what they reminded me of. Do you remember? You guys might not remember this. Do you remember the show Hey Arnold on Nickelodeon? What? What? Yes, I'm you're, not that no, much younger. No, than no you. but like I know, but like you remember What's the Hey Arnold? Do you remember the episode where they like do the fake War of the Worlds and they have most of the kids dress up like yeah, aliens yeah, yeah, yeah. and they put like the big bulbous heads on uh-huh. them that are like gray? That's yeah. what these guys looked like. No, I, they they were terrible. They were disgusting. The the one piece of CGI that was like fairly realistic that made me uncomfortable was uh, what's his name? The the like fish chicken looking dude that was played uh, by to- Jeffrey Rush. Yeah, Tomar Ray. Yeah, it, it looked like Jeffrey Rush, and I didn't <laughs> like that. <laughs> like it made me, I was like, well, okay, this is weird because like obviously not the like beak thing but like if you get rid of that and just kind of cover it 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 had like jeffrey rush's features and i was like this is really weird why did so much of the budget go into making that look so good and everything else looks terrible because <laughs> i didn't need that no nobody needed that and they um i think uh the characters that they made for the lantern Corps they look terrible like kilowog and tomare um they look awful just mm-hmm. like the rest of the lantern Corps. the only one that even looked kind of good was probably Sinestro, but that's because uh, yeah, they spent uh, a long time on him. Mark Strong is just actually in the makeup yeah. for that one. Um, oh, was he? I yeah, I believe so. Yeah, gotcha. That's interesting because it's interesting you say that because when I was looking at Sinestro, I heard Mark Strong, but I couldn't see Mark Strong. I oh, couldn't I see him at all. Oh, I thought he was. I thought he was very visible. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Oh, since we're talking about CGI, I will mention. At the very beginning of this movie, Parallax, he looks terrible. Yeah, Parallax. He terrible the whole movie. Well, he yeah, looks the terrible movie. the whole movie. But there was, like, especially in the beginning, like, his character just is, like, I don't know what was. It looks like, it, it looked like a doll. What they used to, what they used to refer to him as when the movie first came out was, like, a shit cloud. <laughs> yeah. That's what they I used mean, to call him. The, the, I mean, yeah, in the movie... He, he, once I saw the Guardians and like I learned that he was one of them, I was like, okay, like I understand his design a little bit more. But the first time I saw it, I was like, what's this like big head smoke monster thing? It's, uh, every it's... time I saw, every time I saw Parallax or I saw one of the Guardians, I was just kind of laughing because their design was so bad. And I don't know if that they go along with what's in the comics, but it was just disgusting. It's a he looks terrible, just like everything else. Okay, I remember exactly what it was. Do you guys remember that uh, that video game, Destroy All Humans? Yeah, I've heard of that. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought all of these aliens looked like. They I thought look they like looked that. like the Destroy All Humans alien. I keep thinking about the, the little men in black alien, the one that everyone uses for the meme where it's like, baby pictures be like, and then he's like this like ugly little alien thing. 
I just wanted to um so we we agree that the CGI is awful, but the reason I want to say they did like the Oa part is because it's the part that felt the most like the character. It's when he's being trained by all of them. It's uh it just feels like the only time that the green the green lantern aspect of the film actually mattered. Mm-hmm. I don't think it really mattered the rest of the time. The rest of the time, it's just some dude that has yeah. a cool a cool ring can that, can, that. that can make stuff with it. Okay, so what? But like the whole OA thing or OA, I I see OA. I think yeah. of the TV show OA. Yeah, the whole OA thing. Um, when he why does he he just like is like okay, I'm done training. He just gives up. Yeah, yeah and he's just like, all right. They're like, all right, bye. Yeah, they, nobody stops him. Well, yeah, that's what I thought, too. I was like, I was he goes confused. back home, and he's, like, showing her his powers and stuff. He's like, well, I kind of quit. And I was like, how does he still have the ability to, like, do this stuff if he just, like, up and left? They were just like, oh, well, that guy has our ring. Yeah. Yeah, well. <laughs> it, yeah it's basically, like, they don't, don't explain this part. Like, when they say, like, when the ring chooses you, like, there's not – no one can intervene with that. So, yeah, he just gets to keep it. Um, that's which sick. Just see, seems like a fl- seems like a flaw in the system. Yeah. <laughs> um, like so, at literally every other person that ever got that ring was just convinced right away. Wait, just like, he... yeah, this seems right. Okay, and then like it was like right after this that he um, st- it was right after this that the whole like attack on um, Blake Lively's well, not on Blake Lively's character, but that's the scene that happens after he comes back from Oa, right? So when he comes back from Oa, that's when we start to see that. Um, that Hector's powers are starting to That's take right, over because he's, yeah. he's in the classroom and he can oh, yeah. a student. Yeah. Cause he can hear, he can hear people's thoughts. He can basically That's read right. their minds. He's basically like, he's like, he's almost like a Jean gray or professor X type where he can, he has telekinesis, telekinesis and he can read and uh, he can read people's minds. So he can move people around. He threw the student, uh, out of his seat um, and then he storms off. He takes the blood sample and he, re- that's when he realizes that he's fully infected. Um, what happens, what you're referring to Cameron is when we go to like that rooftop party. Yeah. 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 Um, Cause that's and when what a that, sequence. Yeah. That's when, uh, that's when Hal finally like uses the full extent of his powers. Um, because what happens there is, Hector's father, who's the senator, comes in. He's kind of embarrassing him in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he get, takes off. Which, meanwhile, this senator lands on the rooftop in a helicopter, schmoozes with people for a little bit, and then gets back into the helicopter <laughs> to take off. Um, it's just like uh, – it's just such a grand entrance for something that really didn't matter. But then Hector messes with the blade on the chopper, and the chopper goes down and crashes into the party. Okay. This bothered me so well. Okay, the whole helicopter thing bothered me so. This whole okay, Ugh. but okay. Why the heck? If he has telekinesis, why does he have to break a bar, to, a beer tap, to then shoot off and shoot off and hit the helicopter in the back of the blade? He has telekinesis. Why can't he just destroy the blade with his mind? That's what I thought. Or just like crash the helicopter (laughs) yeah just crash the helicopter i don't know if it's maybe because he's like learning his powers and stuff he doesn't know he could just like lift the helicopter with his mind and slam it into the ground but i too thought it was kind of like out there and very silly that it was like oh let me let me (laughs) knock this tap off and what the hell and and the, the fact that he like had the aim in order to be able to just like shoot the tap like 
he knew that the tap was going to break off and just go directly at the helicopter. Like, I don't know. It didn't really work out. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was very bad. And then the whole helicopter. Oh my God. I, I, I don't know if anyone who's, who made this movie has ever seen or understands how helicopters work. They, they don't, they, they don't go straight when they're on land they don't keep going because their propellers would put them upward, not yeah. straight. I was watching this. I was like, I was like, they don't understand how a helicopter works. It's like it, they think it's a plane. It is not a plane. It's a helicopter. Dude, when the helicopter crashes and starts like creating through the crowd, <laughs> yeah. it's like wobbling. It looked like a fish. Well, it's like, it's also like turning on its own as well. Like, yeah. so it's aiming just for Carol, like, Dude, and it didn't hit a single person. That was the longest it, helicopter it, crash I've ever seen in my life. It didn't hit a single person, and it was, like, flopping about like a fish. Like, if you, like, take two separate frames back-to-back back from that, it'll be bent one way, and then the next <laughs> frame is going to be bent, like, the complete opposite direction. It was just – right. it looked like the helicopter was made out of rubber, and at, at a point where I was already like, yeah, I've already seen some really bad CG. It got worse, and what? I was not expecting that. And that wouldn't have been an issue if it was like, if Hector was controlling the helicopter moving around through the party. Yeah. But he wasn't. Like he just messed up the engine or the propeller, and then it just did that on its own. It, it, but it, I think that would have been, it would have made him an even better villain too, because it was right. kind of like, oh, like look, he can control his powers. Like look at these things and he can do. Like imagine if he was like, like slicing people up with the blades. Like that would have been like, whoa. It's, Instead, it was like he like tried to do something and then accidentally did something worse, and was just kind of like, "Oh crap! Like I just did this." It, it was that whole sequence was very bizarre. Okay, I'm also going to admit something right now that I didn't understand. Okay, so Blake Lively's dad, yep, looks. I I thought her his dad and the senator were the same person. Oh. Uh. So you thought she was his sister? I was really confused. I was really confused. I <laughs> there's, was a like, su- there's a surprisingly large amount of characters in this film that you have to like follow. They looked like, very similar because, because well, didn't he say something about his daughter? Or was that the... He was like, this is my daughter, but that was that guy, and then the senator that was... was yeah, that's what Ryan was saying, was that the, the senator just kind of comes in and like says, hey, like talks crap about his son being a thinker. And yeah. then leaves. Okay, so they. Out. Okay, so that's why I was so confused. I was like, "Well, how, why are they taught? Why do they know each other? Wait, why do they know each other? They never. Ex- okay, so that's that's an interesting thing. With like the, in regards to relationships, they talk about how Carol and Hal have known each other since they were kids. Yeah, and that they used to date, but yeah. they never talk about it. Wait, they and, used to date? Yeah, yeah, they used to date. Yeah, they I was. Never ta- they had See, their first flight together. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. You meant how? Okay. Oh, I thought you were talking. Well, no, I'm not talking about. Cause oh, oh, I was, you... oh, I was, no, I was getting. I was Hector. getting to Hector. Oh, okay, though, I was thinking because yeah, now yeah. apparently they all knew Hector as well. Because yeah. Hal, know, Hal knows Hector and Carol knows Hector, but nobody ever explains Why how they people... all know each other. Yeah, it's like it's not like okay, like I, yeah, that makes no sense. It's like Coast City is all is really just like a rural town in the Midwest, <laughs> and, and that's where, like, why there's I 600 thought... people. That's why I thought Hector yeah. and um, Blake Lively's character were siblings because I thought, oh, that makes sense that they all know each other. But the fact they came from three separate families and they all knew each other and they were all the main characters of the story, that just made no sense. It's like they all grew up together as kids, but 
they don't really explain that and also we don't care <laughs> we don't care <laughs> we don't yeah, at we don't all care. yeah we don't care about that so we didn't talk about the best part of that scene was the hot wheels track oh my god <laughs> If you didn't understand how ridiculous the Green Lantern power is, that was the scene that showed you that this is almost like a comedy now well, because the, the thing, Hot Wheels track's incredible. The thing that killed me about that was it was like this callback to this split second thing we saw in the nephew's room earlier. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. like there was no other reason why they made it a Hot Wheels track other than like, oh, well, he played with that one Hot Wheel earlier in the movie, so let's do that. You know, like there were so many other ways he could have just saved her. You know, and I don't know, he could use his powers to make a different helicopter or something. He turned the helicopter into a car. Why couldn't he just fix the helicopter? It's true. I mean, there's there's no it's really what they say is the ring can manifest whatever you think of. So Hal Jordan didn't think to just catch like he could have like made a baseball mitt and just caught the helicopter and like moved it instead he makes an entire Hot Wheels track that races around the entire level yeah. of that roof what and almost hell? kills almost kills people while that's going <laughs> on and then then he loses track of it no pun intended um uh-huh. he loses track of it the track stops and then he has to rebuild it before the chopper crashes again and then it keeps going on the rest of the track and then it finally stops it's so like it's just like, they said oh our cg's looking really good let's show it off with this scene yeah, and then let's keep just... showing it yeah, I um, was like, this is, has to be the worst superhero rescue I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. Like, he, he, yeah, it was. He was just, there even like a Hot Wheels branded like thing after that? Because that would have been kind of sick, like marketing stuff. Sponsored by Hot Wheels. Um, yeah, I don't, th- I don't understand why that was the route they go. Because it could have, they did it just probably because it was probably in the trailer. Like I would imagine is just like, oh look, marketing, and that's just. That's all they went for with that. So after the rooftop party and everything goes around, Hector leaves. He goes back to his apartment, and then when we start, that's when we start to see him start to transform. Uh, his that's head when he grows a lot. He gets big brained. Yeah, okay. his his head starts to morph a little bit. I st- again, I couldn't take this seriously because it's like this can't be real. Like this can't this can't be what happens to this guy. And so I like looked up the character in the comics. And the mm-hmm. comics was somehow worse. Yeah, like it was. I, I, if I was reading a comic and I saw this character, I'd probably stop. Because <laughs> Wait, what happened? <laughs> he looks like he looks like a like Bobby Hill from, from uh, <laughs> yep. King of the Hill. Yep. he's got like all his brain thing. Oh my god, I'm sorry, right? I just that was that this stuff was killing me, dude. His face was ridiculous. It looks so bad, and like that's the one of the. Uh, that's one of the parts that I feel like they probably did like practical makeup on him and still just, just awful. I wanted to show like, you guys. I took a screen grab of one specific moment that, that drove me insane, but I don't know if I could screen share it to you guys, but yeah, that the, his head growing and growing and growing was just that, that <laughs> is so it, funny. somehow this movie kept pushing it to where I was like, it can't get worse than this. And then it would. And <laughs> I don't know. I was almost happy that it would because it was kind of exciting. Like, oh, look at this new thing that they did that was somehow worse than everything else we've already seen. <laughs> oh, my that, God. That's the picture. This yep. is the picture I want to show you guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> it just makes me. So uh, so for so for the oh audio listeners, the picture that Joel showed us. Looks like he's is... taking the. <laughs> 
He's he's ba- he's like crouched over a little bit with his like the veins in the top of his forehead fully popping out, and he's also doing like a creepy smile. Um, that is unsettling. Yeah, I don't like I don't like that at all. Yeah, I had to jump ahead a little bit for that one because that was uh that's later on when he has his dad in the like t- chamber thing, but Well that's what that's what happens next is um Hector Hector is taken by uh Angela Bassett's character, uh has uh her goons come take him and that she plays a character by the name of Amanda Waller, who's actually a very well known comic character as well. We also know Amanda Waller from the David Ayer Suicide Squad film because that's who Viola Davis plays in that one. Oh, I didn't even put that what? together. Yeah, I did not even put that together. Oh I, I was going to say like God. I didn't understand the point of her character. Right. And so, so the point of her character was probably because they thought this wow. would be part of a shared. That's universe. the best part of the movie. Huh. <laughs> it's a nice little Easter egg, right? Yeah, that's cool. Um, so she and Tim Robbins. Uh, you were going to say something, Joel? No, go ahead because I think you're going to get to it. Okay, so she and Tim Robbins' character, the senator, take Hector, and they realize, like, they know what's going on with him. They're going to try and fix him. Hector, though, loves all the power that he has, and he decides he doesn't want to, but he gets sedated. At the same time, (laughs) Hal goes to visit Carol in the full Green Lantern costume, and this part kills me. He's got the mask, got the full costume on, everything. This is a funny thing that happens that probably people question all the time with superheroes. She recognizes him right away. Yeah, and they even made a point to say earlier, like, oh, your mask will only come on when you need to be in hiding and stuff. <clears throat> it's like, or like when your your identity is to be blocked. And then the very first person that gets to see him up close with the mask, he's like, how? Yeah, right away. Um, and everybody like makes fun of like the Superman Whoa. Clark Kent thing, where like the glasses are like, uh-huh. how do glasses and a haircut make him differentiate? At least, ha- at least Hal Jordan has a mask on, and even that she said, well, I think she says like, well, we've known each other since we were kids, and you think I wouldn't recognize you just because your cheekbones are covered? There's like, there's it makes a line sense. that she says where she said, I, I'm pretty sure the line was, "What the hell's with the mask?" And I was like, "Yep, me." Literally yeah. every time he's on yeah. screen, what the hell's with the mask? Well, okay, but didn't Tyka's character? like see him like when he was like doing like the uh the hot wheel thing didn't Tyka's character recognize him from that well he already knew he already knew yeah, he, he knew powers yeah oh that's i'm dumb yeah because he's the one that picked him up that's when right the, that's when the, right i'm so dumb crashed. <laughs> okay but, never mind so edit that out edit that. <laughs> <laughs> um so hal tells carol that he quit the green lantern Corps, and she's like super disappointed in him she because he she's just like you give up on everything you know maybe you should try Damn. not doing that for once yeah i know super harsh um and then we cut back to hector hector's in constraints and he wakes up and he uses his powers to just wreck house on everybody there he takes out uh he takes out amanda waller throws her up against this glass ceiling um and has her pinned there he takes out like all the armed guards that are there, and then he captures his dad and puts him in the restraints that he was in. And for no reason whatsoever, Hal Jordan just knows to go here yeah. and stop him. There's never a hint that he would know that Hector's the bad guy here. So I don't understand. Maybe you guys caught this and I just missed it. Is there any reason to think that he knew to go to that location? No, he just shows up. Right. No. Like they, they, he never even knew that there was, like, the testing done on whatever the uh, Tamura's character was called. Um, 
but yeah, he just kind of shows up there. Yeah, it's it just doesn't make sense okay. at all. I okay, I thought I missed something because I was like, why is he there? I just felt like I felt like this entire movie I was just missing things, but it just it seems like no, none of it just made made any it didn't make any sense to anyone. Okay, I'm glad no. to know. Sorry, touching it's, on something else in that too though, when he what'd you say her character's name is? Uh, uh, which one? Angela, Angela Bassett's, Bassett's character? character, Amanda Waller. Okay, when when he's like reading her mind and he's like physical touch allows me to see or whatever. Oh, and he's just yeah. like, oh sees yeah. her family get what shot. The hell? Yeah. We, we just see we see all three of her family members just get gunned down and then like she's like at their funeral and then we never and talk about never that again. That's right. I forgot about that. Movie. And never and talks like, about it I was like, again. Oh, like we're going to get this like backstory on her and and was like, nope, just moving right along like yep. I know. Here. I was like what the Hell? I, I mean, I I guess they did it just to show that he had those powers. But you're right; it didn't it didn't make sense because like we do it and then we don't talk about it ever again. But that's Sweet. like a major that's a major Gun theme down with this in film. the streets. Yeah. It's almost it, that's a major theme. I feel like with this film is like things just happen because they have to happen and we don't explain them at all. Like it's just it's just go beat 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 and then we just continue on and they just expect the audience to understand why things are happening the way that they were. Um, so it just it's just lazy. It just feels lazy. Yeah. And I don't want them. To, I didn't want them to explain it further because I just couldn't wait for this movie to end when I was watching yeah. it. Uh, honestly, I meant to say this earlier. My favorite part when rewatching the film was when I paused it, when I would take notes. It was because the movie wasn't currently playing at that time. <laughs> so that, so that, that was why that was the only time I really enjoyed watching this film. So what happens next in this fi- in the film we're kind of towards the the third act here i don't know um, it's how- how it all blends together i don't remember exactly oh that's my point like, <laughs> i watched how- the movie how- two hours ago and i don't remember hal and hector <laughs> fight um and they they both get away um ha- but hal when he uh he presses his ring up against hector's <laughs> forehead and that's when he starts communicating with parallax because parallax now knows where Hal Jordan is, and he wants to kill Hal Jordan because Hal is wearing the ring of Abin Sur, who was the one that uh, captured and imprisoned Parallax. So that's his motive, is to now come to Earth and kill Hal. So Hal leaves knowing that this major threat is coming. He doesn't know what to do, so he goes uh, back to Oa to get Sinestro and the Guardians like, hey, I know where he's coming. I need your help in order to take him out. What Sinestro has been up to with the Guardians at this time, though, is they want to use the fear power, the same one that they saw corrupt one of their own Guardians. They want to try and harness it and use that power against Parallax. So their idea is to use the power of fear against the embodiment of fear. And a life form that literally feeds off of the fear of his victims killing them and gaining a power they want to feed him more fear which i didn't understand that's what he was doing until they directly told us right it didn't it doesn't make sense no go ahead yeah no like there's literally a line where they're like i watched him feed off the fear of others and i was like oh that's what he's doing like i didn't understand what his power was yeah, otherwise it just looked like he was doing something from, like, the Brendan Fraser mummy movies where they're just turning everybody into yeah. skeletons. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's what he was doing. He was, like, sucking their souls out with their fear <laughs> and killing them. Um, so that was what Sinestro's plan was. Hal tells them that, you know, we can't use fear to defeat him. We have to use our willpower. We have to do it the Green Lantern way. The Guardians don't want to help him. 
And Sinestro tells him that if you're going to fight him, you're going to fight him on your own and you're probably going to die. And Hal says, then at least I'll do it fighting. So after that scene, that's so that whole thing was so funny because like they built up like the part where like Sinestro's like, I'm going to use fear and we're going to do fear. And then the Guardians are like, all right, I guess we can do it. And it's like, okay, they got fear. And then Hal comes in and they're like, we're going to use fear. And he's like, I probably know. And they're like, all right, yeah, he's right. You know, just not going (laughs) to, you know, this guy who's brand new. I guess we're just going to not we're just we guess we're just gonna listen to him and all this effort we put into making the yellow <laughs> ring oh well after they after he just comes up and disses him you know he comes up there and he's like you guys don't live without fear you just or it's not about not having fear it's about getting over your fear and all this stuff and they're like looking at him like like angry like stop calling us out you know like like they've been like figured out you know and like you said he's this new guy who suddenly figured all this stuff out that they didn't know for all these years like i don't know <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's just a a line that they do to try and like give him his like hero moment basically mm-hmm. that every superhero wants to have. Um, so Hal gets denied uh, the help from the Lantern Corps, um, and when he comes back, it turns out that Hector has kidnapped Carol and is about to infect her with the Parallax virus, turning her into um, something similar that he is. In order to stop him, Hal gives him the ring and in exchange uh wants to save in order to save carol um obviously he gives hector the ring hector it goes to double cross him and then hal double crosses him back and it's like well actually you can't even use the ring only the person that wears it it's like oh it was a fake out it's a double fake out it's like good stuff the lines were the line was literally i lied and then he's like I lied too. <laughs> it's like what? Oh man! Well, and then Dude. what was funny about that is like, so he uses his powers without the ring on, right? Yeah. And then like, <clears throat> and then like a couple minutes later, he goes out of his way to make sure he can get his like. He's like, oh, I need to get my <laughs> ring on. And it's like, but didn't you just use your powers without your ring? Like, didn't you just use your power without the ring on? Why do you need to make sure you have the ring on when you're fighting now? Do you know the answer to that, Ryan? Just... So I so I don't know the answer to okay. that actually. Why because... didn't he use his powers to get the ring? <laughs> no, that, that it's weird because like that's not something that he can do, or at least not something that he does a lot. Hal Jordan, like the power source comes from the ring. Like, well, that's what I thought. He, that's he's why I was con- confused. He's, con- he's connected to the ring, so he can only use it. Um, but yeah, he can't. He shouldn't have been able to do what he did in that part. Um, so after he takes control of the ring again and without wearing it and shoots Hector, that's when Parallax shows up. So Parallax has arrived at Coast City, um, which is kind of, I also thought it was weird, like the size of Parallax, because when we see him in space, he looks just absolutely massive. Gigantic. Right. And then when we see him in Coast City, he just like covers up like a couple of buildings. <laughs> like that's just all it is. Um, but the action scene between Hal and, well, first off, Parallax kills Hector. He steals his soul and takes his fear and kills him. And then Hal gets the ring back, um, and that's when they fight. Um, my, one of my favorite things that happens in films happens in this one, where we see that Parallax is about to attack on Coast City, 
and our hero, Hal Jordan, instead of rushing there to make sure that he saves people, is having a conversation with Carol. They're like, how are you going to do this? What are you going to do? How are you going to stop him? And they're talking back and forth. And it's like he's literally ascending onto the city right now, and we see him just absolutely destroy a ton of people. Like he his does, <laughs> yeah. He takes out so many people, and they so we don't many. talk about that. I mean, there's a lot of things like we're not going like, to talk about that later on. But he just takes out all these people, and no one's like, no, we don't get any sort of like thing later on. Like, oh, after the loss of all these, no, nothing. It just yeah, it just come and brutally murder all these people, eating their fear leaving the skeletons of these people behind on the floor and it's just moving on. Yeah. They just don't, they don't care about it. It's just, it's just lazy. And then the fight itself is quick. Like the actual fight between parallax and Hal Jordan is quick. They do a couple cool maneuvers with like a machine gun, a rocket launcher, some weird stuff. And then he tricks parallax to follow him into space where he uses the fighter jets to trap him up against the sun and then the sun's gravitational pull um uh is pulling parallax into it and he's going to try and kill him that way and then Hal brings back the famous fist that he made earlier mm. and punches parallax in the face sends him into the when sun. you're describing this it just sounds like the dumbest thing i've ever heard like it's just I, like he, he uses fighter sun. jets with the sun <laughs> and the gravity and then he punches him and it's just like what were they thinking? <laughs> Dude, what were they thinking when making this movie? How is it that we saw like eight lanterns go try and fight Parallax earlier in the movie and they right? couldn't do anything? Anything. And then Hal does it by himself first right? try. It's because Hal conquered fear. He did. That's yeah. why. He That's why. Fear. So Hal defeats Parallax in a very anticlimactic final battle. Um, he's about to get sucked into the sun's gravitational pull as well. Um, and then Sinestro, Tomare, and Kilowog are arrive and they save him from being killed. Wow, it was beautiful. We next see the like the ending of the film is Hal is on Oa. He's uh, and Sinestro is telling the rest of the core that um, that you know Hal Jordan defeated Parallax. He's one of the best of us, and the lanterns can we can go back to doing our job of policing the galaxy. Hal goes back to earth, tells Carol that, you know, he's embraced the green lantern role, which means he's going to be traveling a lot, but he will come back and, you know, they kiss and then we're done. That's, that's the film. They're like the green lanterns were like, Hey, remember how we we're going to use fear to kind of destroy everything? Yeah, no, we're cool. We're not going to do We're well, back to normal. Well, not necessarily because if I don't know, did you guys, did you guys stay through the credits? No, hell no. Wait, there's a post credit scene. Okay, so oh. I, I recorded it, so yeah. it cut off at the credits. I saw. Is the post credit scene? Uh, I'm gonna uh, go ahead. I, I can explain it to you. I saw the. I remember the post credit scene. Is it what's his name getting the fear ring? So Sinestro breaks into like the holding yeah. cell for the yellow ring and puts it on and becomes a yellow lantern. So Cameron, okay. you asked you asked earlier oh. if Sinestro is a bad guy. Sinestro is um one of the biggest bad guys in all of Green Lantern's uh comic run. He's essentially That's like you know how like Batman has like people say like Batman and Joker, Superman, mm -hmm. Lex yeah. Luthor. 
Sinestro is probably that version of villain for Green Lantern. Okay. Yeah. So for me, I guess it just tagged it onto the end of the movie. So I just thought that was like the last scene of the movie, and I was like, okay, because I didn't think yeah. post credit scenes were a thing then. Yeah. That was the I guess that so. was the post credit scene where they hinted of what was going to happen in their sequel that they're still definitely going to get. Like. <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> since Mark Strong has now played Savannah and Shazam, so he just has multiple characters. Yep. Uh, in the oh, DC yeah, universe. Huh. Yeah, so that is the entirety of the Green Lantern film. Is there any final takeaways you guys had from uh, from watching this? Anything that you liked? Anything you disliked that we didn't talk about? Can I tell you how – not even – I was going to say, in terms of, like, fixing it, can I jump into that? Yeah, go for it. Literally, and this is not going to fix a lot, but if this movie just looked better, it mm. would at least be acceptable. But the fact that the story is just kind of all over the place, not even it's, it's all over the place, it's just not there. Yeah. But then it also looks terrible. You don't get anything out of this. Like, yeah. I, I can't possibly imagine I got Blake Lively out of there. it. I, I can't imagine someone sitting there watching this. <laughs> so did Ryan Reynolds. And, uh, yeah, I think he got it. He, his worked out better than yours, Cam. Oh. But literally, oh. just just make this movie look better. And I probably would have been more okay with it. This is only three years away from Guardians of the Galaxy, which is entirely another space, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. space-based superhero movie. And that one looks. And this movie, that movie was looks, way better. Oh my! Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> But no, I, Guard, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy looks so much better yeah. than this film did, which is just impeccable to me. That well, they screwed it up that I bad. think even now there's still kind of this. I just don't. I think DC movies just look bad. Like, and that's just my like. I don't like the look of Suicide Squad or even Man of Steel. I don't like the look of Man of Steel. I don't like the look of Wonder Woman. I think Aquaman looks bad. Like, I I, I really don't like the look of a lot you're, of DC you're, movies. You're just you're just referring to a cinematography standard, right? Yeah, in like color and yeah I, yeah. yeah. I, I don't like the look of them. I think yeah. the thing is, you know, if you compare it like to the Dark Knight trilogy, okay, the Dark Knight trilogy was this superhero film set into what we were expected to believe is a real world, which it felt like that. It looked like it was taking place in the real world. It didn't look like a comic book movie like the Marvel movies do. A lot of these other DC Universe films that are outside of the Dark Knight trilogy, they're trying to do that, but also still look like a comic book film in a way, which is where we get these kind of like crazy colors and these different grades and, you know, these lens flares and stuff like that. And so I think that's that's where you're getting a lot of that, Cameron, because I think the same thing, like some of the DC, the newer DC movies, they're not terrible. Some of them are, you know, but some of Most them are bad, you know, but but they do have this look to them. That's just kind of like, why? You know? Yeah, I don't like how they look. What but this you, one looked Ryan? worse. Like, like, what did what are you feeling, you know, after this? I mean, if we want to talk about like what we can do to make the film better, I think you you hit the nail on the head. Like, it just doesn't look good. Even like. Oa should have been this mystical place that they went to that just drew everybody in. And it's just not because it just looks terrible. It's bleak. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just like, it's just, it's just like, it's basically a rock with a bunch of people in green outfits. That's like all it really is. And Oa in the comics is so much more than that. Um, Like, like they're like, yeah, this is the home world of the Lantern Corps. And it's like, well, why would anybody want to live here? Like, this looks terrible. Um, I also think if we need to make this movie better, um, it really comes down to the writing as well. Um, the writing is, it's not paced horribly. It just doesn't 
get it gets to its points in a weird way like it gets to the next scene i guess it, w- it just would be it doesn't transition very well in my opinion um it was just don't we don't really hit the story beats all that well um we haven't talked about one person we haven't talked about yet in this is actually the director of the film mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um it was directed by i had it here yeah um so martin campbell martin campbell is actually a pretty established director at the time that he took on this role he did uh he did mask of zorro and legend of zorro uh he did the golden eye pierce brosnan bond film and he did casino royale he's the director of the daniel that's Craig casino crazy royale. Yeah. that's yeah, like, crazy that's me. a that's a good credits mm-hmm. for that guy uh, that's, that's not even all movie. of them that i mentioned so he does he then he does green lantern in 2011 so he's getting pretty good work uh, from that, from now, from when he started with Mask of Zorro '95, uh, I think he had maybe another film before that. Mask of Zorro was the one that really kind of put him on the map. So from that one in '95 to 2011, he's getting pretty consistent directing work. After 2011, he has one finished film directing credit, um, and it's The Foreigner with Jackie Chan. That is the. That's funny. So it's it really is a good. Uh, showcase that if you make a bad film, you're just your your opportunities are going to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, we like we've talked about like Colin Trevorrow with losing the Star Wars thing. That was a big part of that. Um, Josh Trank was the same way. Uh, he lost uh, he lost <laughs> his he lost his film with Star Wars as well. <laughs> well. Um, if you if you screw up bad enough, they're going to take your. I mean, they're it's going to be hard for you to bounce back. He does have two other films in post-production one of them is called the asset which is with samuel l jackson and michael keaton so that one's supposed to come out i guess next year and then there's another liam neeson one that he's doing so he he's a director that has to really try and reestablish himself um and hopefully he can do it because some of his other work is pretty good it's just this one film seems like a major blunder on his part and maybe it isn't even all his fault we know that uh warner brothers has a history of intervening in films where maybe they shouldn't and yep. trying to take away creative control from their directors. We don't know for sure if that was the case with this film. He's never actually said anything about that. Yeah, I am actually I am actually curious if his choice if if not making movies after this was more his choice or the industry's choice because i honestly feel like after making a movie like this when you're given the script that you were given when you're given you know because it's in a movie like this when you're dealing when you're doing a the director doesn't have really much say in how the final movie is going to look right like as far as the cgi goes that's coming from up you know higher Mm -hmm. up um i'm sure he probably wasn't very happy with the movie and he was probably like, I don't want to do anything for like, he was just like, I'm kind of fed up with it. Like I, like I obviously I don't know anything about it, but I can't imagine that he would go from making um, Casino Royale to this and be like, <laughs> oh yeah, like I'm happy with how that turned out, you right. know? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Cameron, did you have anything that maybe we could do to fix this film? If you could pick something. Nothing makes, nothing makes sense. Like, like things just randomly are like, things are just randomly in we, this is a common theme we've seen with all of the movies that we've watched is things just exist because they need to mm-hmm. for the sake of the film. Like the fact that all of those characters, um, the bad guy, Hal, Carol, the fact that they all know each other and they all grew up together. What 
that makes yeah. no sense. Like that makes no sense whatsoever. That it, like, why is it like that? Why, why is the senator? I, I, why is the senator in charge of alien? I mean, the movie is just it's dumb. Yeah, so, so just, that's uh, that's that's a no. That's a no on your end. There, no, there's nothing. I mean, the, like, because he, like, here's the thing, and like, <clears throat> very similar to with what I said about the Greatest Showman, you have to, in order for the movie to be good, you have to entirely rework it because yeah, there's not anything that works mm-hmm. in this movie. There's not a single thing that you're like, yeah. That like there was something I really, I even like things about Greatest Showman. There wasn't even a single thing in this movie where I could be like, oh yeah, you know what? If they kept that scene or if they kept that thing or they or they kept that, it would have been good. There, that doesn't that didn't happen in this movie. Yep, I agree. I think if there was one thing that I would want to do, um, Oa could have been done better, and I wanted to spend more time there. Um, thirteen minutes total on the planet that houses mm-hmm. the entirety of the Green Lantern Corps. 13 minutes in a two-hour film. So Well, and you were the one who was upset that they didn't spend enough time on Jurassic uh, Jurassic and World on, yep, on the, on the island. Board, so. yep. yeah. yeah, I think when you have these locations that are interesting to your fan base, spend some time there. Like We don't need everything to be in the suburbs or in mm-hmm. the city. We don't need every film to take place in those locations. Um, so now we're getting to the part of the podcast, which is to find out. And I think this one's going to be a little different than going forward. This is now we're going to decide after seeing this film, would you want your money back? The ticket price at the time was just under $8 in 2011. So the universal ticket price, let's call it $8. Uh, you know, Joel, I actually want to start with you here. Do you want a refund? Guys, prior to seeing this, my least favorite movie has always been Elysium. And I've only seen that movie one time. Maybe I need to watch it again, okay? This movie was so bad that I'm pretty sure this is my new least favorite film. I can give you another little tidbit at just how bad this movie is. When Six Flags Magic Mountain decided to open Green Lantern First Flight in 2011, Mm. what was supposed to be this groundbreaking roller coaster, a Zack spin in North America, finally, it failed. It is known as one of the worst roller coasters of all time. And that goes along perfectly hand in hand with the movie because this movie was so bad and I cannot believe that I watched it. I told you earlier, I recorded this on DVR so it cut little bits and pieces out. You know what? I'm glad I recorded it and didn't just watch it on a DVD (laughs) because that means I got to see less of it. It was that bad. I want all of my money back on this one. I don't know if I would have said that in the theater. I probably would have just walked out upset. But for the sake of this show, yeah, give me all $8 back because I can easily spend that $8 on something a lot better than this. So you know what's funny about that is the cut that we watched was a little under two hours. There's an extended version of this film. I, I, I hope saw it that, burns. Yeah. I, I don't never want to see that. Nope. I never I'm want curious. to see that. Cameron, would you like a refund? I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I think that this movie was bad. I think it was like I think it was very bad. I don't actually know if I would ask for money back for this one, and I like. I don't think it was insultingly bad to the point where I would be super upset coming out of the theater because I don't think I I don't think I would have ever watched her. I know for a fact 
I was, you know, this came out nine years ago. I was 14 years old. That was back in the day where in order for me to go to the movie theater, I had to have ticket stubs that I got for like my birthday or whatever. That was the only way I could afford the movie theater. And so I'd saved up all of my ticket stubs and I saw like Captain America that year. I saw all these, all these movies this year, all that movies, all those movies that year. And the one movie I never even thought about seeing was Green Lantern. I didn't want to see Green Lantern when I was 14 years old. Yeah. You're probably never going to want to watch Green Lantern. So for me, uh, like, it wasn't like I wasn't expecting anything other than it being awful because that's what I saw on the trailer. So can I, like, am I really, would I ask for a refund? Honestly, probably not because I got what I expected, you know? I don't yeah. think it was... I don't think it was as bad as the greatest showman. I don't think it was as bad as like terrible, terrible, terrible movies. I think it was a bad movie, but I'm not going to ask for a refund on this one. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Hal Jordan. He's the first human member of the green lantern Corps, The very first one ever. He is a founding member of the justice league. One of the arguably the most famous superhero team in all of comics and maybe fandom, except with the new Avengers films, maybe not so much. Um, and he's supposed to be the best lantern of them all. This movie was so bad that it tarnished the character. Ryan Reynolds actively talks about how much this movie sucks to the point that in Deadpool two, he killed himself as he finished the script as a bit at the end of that film. Um, the reason that Green Lantern, again, one of the founding members of the Justice League, is not in the Zack Snyder nor Joss Whedon cut of the Justice League that came out a couple of years ago is because the studio wanted to distance themselves from the character for as long as they could before introducing him again to fans because they were so upset by what they saw in 2011. There's a new HBO Max show coming out, I believe, next year, maybe 2022, um, that is supposed to touch on the Green Lantern Corps a little more and focus on more of the characters. And I am just cautiously optimistic that they're going to do a better job. But as long as guys like Berlanti and Mark Guggenheim and even Jeff Johns are involved, then... I don't know if I can trust that they're going to do a good job with this character. And the reason that we feel this way is because of how bad this movie was. I want all of my $8 back. And now that we are about to finish this episode, I don't ever want to see this movie again. <laughs> so that will wrap up our episode here with Green Lantern. Um, if you all want to check it out for yourselves before you watch the episode, after you watch the episode... We, we've warned you. <laughs> it is not a good time. Yeah, just because I didn't ask for a refund doesn't mean I would ever wish anyone had to watch this movie. Now, the next thing we do, typically we're going to rotate to go to our next film that we're going to do for next week's episode. But next week's episode, uh, bearing anything unforeseen, is going to come out right before Christmas. So we figured we'd do a Christmas episode for you guys. That's right. Most people, li uh, most people understand that Christmas movies are a little cheesy, a little hokey, but they enjoy them for what they are. But we feel like we've got one here that is going to suit our show very well. Cameron, would you like to tell everybody? Alrighty. So there are a lot of bad 
Christmas movies, but I don't think there are any that are as offensively terrible and miserable to watch. Now, we've watched some movies that people have not liked and we think are pretty bad. Kirk Cameron's Surviving Christmas <laughs> is easily one of the worst movies ever created objectively it is the second lowest rated movie on imdb this movie is so bad luckily it's free on amazon prime so we don't have to pay for it come next <laughs> week um but yeah kirk cameron saving christmas that's our movie next week Sweet. and that Excited. that that is going to be our christmas gift to all of you <laughs> um but we're gonna wrap up this episode here just uh take us out joel where can the people find you on Instagram at Podgerfan. You want to tell us what Podgerfan means, or you want to save that for another episode? Not really. Okay, it, I mean, we'll it's not anything bad. I'll, it's just we'll we'll save, we'll it, save for it for another, for another time. time. Uh, Cameron, what about yourself? Where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me at twitch.com slash or sorry twitch.tv slash cambay 47 c-a-m-b-a-i 47 i stream chess every tuesday and thursday and then you can find me at the ryguy 16 on instagram and twitter everybody just follow us along as well on refund pod at instagram on instagram and twitter um and you can stream our show on all of your podcasting platforms such as apple spotify anywhere else you enjoy your podcasts so that concludes our Green Lantern episode. Thank you all so much for joining us and coming along on this wild ride for this terrible movie. And we will see you all next week. Bye.